We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. This week's episode of The Corner is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. You know me and Andreas are always covering events. We're always writing articles. But when we do have time to sleep, we lay our head down on a nice, pillowy, soft premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman. Everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store. None of that anymore. You get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to Casper Mattresses. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I got to get my rest. So Casper Mattresses is the, is the goods. I'm telling you right now. So listen... You can get $50 off of any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's one word, the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner, promo code T H E C O R N E R. Terms and conditions apply. What up, everybody? Another week, another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with old man Andres Hale. I felt like I just ran a marathon. Whew. The stuff I do for this podcast. Had to run downstairs, freaked out, thought I lost my headphones. It's all good. Found them in the crib. Now I'm out of breath. Old man, what's up with you today? Uh, it's another busy week, man, but at least I'm home. Shit. <laughs> That's the one thing. It's just that all this madness for the past four weeks, I'm, I'm finally home. I actually took two days off, which was crazy. I'm surprised because um, you had Bellator on the Zoom. Yeah, man, it's just, it's, it's nonstop. It's nonstop. But, uh. 
yeah, I feel like I'm out of the woods now and kind of back to normal. So, you know, same old hustle. And let me let you know that I'm supporting the brand and I actually got the Zone membership. So it is added to my catalog of things I pay every month. Nine ninety nine showing support, making sure they cut you that check. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so far so good though. My grandma watched the boxing on it. She likes it. Yeah, it's interesting, man. I mean, it was a. Uh, they have the uh, the service on my smart TV, so I downloaded it. Was catching up on a bunch of stuff because obviously I wasn't at the the Vargas fight, so we were at the madness known as UFC two twenty nine. But. Um, Seems like people were happy with what they saw. It was a good night of fights. I'll say that. I watched the card. It was a really good night of fights. Yeah, she watched um, the whole shit. She was so happy to watch it. She said they were all good. Yeah, it was a long... Look, that shit was long. They were like... <laughs> it was... They should broadcast every fight from beginning to end. But fortunately, they were actually, for the most part, all very good fights. So, yeah, man. It's just another streaming service. People are going to be pissed about it. They spend another nine ninety nine or whatever the fuck it is. But, you know, if you're cutting cords on cable anyway... Especially if you're not paying for HBO anymore, why not? Why not go to the zone? Listen, that is me. Cutting cords, you know what? I could take the nine ninety nine. Uh it's like New Japan for me. It's maybe yeah. a luxury, but I'll take it anyway. Like, yo, the, I have ESPN plus, right? I and do too. I don't watch shit I, on there anymore. I don't watch any I'll, I'll be watching the fight this, wait, is the fight this weekend on plus or is it on regular? Crawford and Benavides? I can't even remember. I thought it was on regular. Well, whatever the fuck it's on. The fact of the matter is, like, I look at my statement, I'm like, oh, shit, I still have this? Because I don't watch it at all. Hopefully it's <laughs> valuable during the NBA season, but, man, I, I just, I, I buy it and watch, like, one fight a month. Well, the like UFC, UFC will be why we pay for it. Well, yeah, that, that'll be the reason why. But then, I like, I get Fight Pass for free. I don't know what the fuck's going on. We'll see. We'll see next year. It's just a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how they're going to work that Fight Pass, like, still, and what the rules are going to be. Um, all right, let's jump into the show, though. We have a lot of crazy shit going on around UFC 229 and a ton of MMA news to get to. But first, I had to deal with some crazy Twitter things that are right up your alley as old man Andreas. First, The Rock is kind of getting pulled into this, this weird-ass space on Twitter where people are mad that an announcement came out or rumors, um, reports, however you want to state it, that he's going to play John Henry and that he's not black enough to play John Henry. What the hell is going on here? Like, uh, are we here again? Or are we doing the levels of blackness thing again? I mean, okay, so it, this it's tough, man. Like, it's tough. Like, I'm just catching up on this news. But um, it's, it's, it's tough because we had, uh, damn, who played Nina Simone in a trash-ass movie about Nina? <laughs> was it Zoe Saldana? I think it was Zoe. And somebody's going to correct me on this. But I think it was Zoe. And Nina Simone's dark. And Zoe Saldana is not. And the question becomes, can she just find a dark-skinned actress to play somebody who was historically dark-skinned? It and was I think Zoe. Yeah, it was Zoe Saldana. Yeah. And the movie was absolutely trash. And I'm a big Nina Simone fan. So when I saw it, I was like, I, I stopped watching it like halfway through. I was like, this sucks. Did they give her but blackface? They tried to darken her skin, and that's kind of offensive because it's like there are, you know, like there's like Viola Davis. There are other dark skinned women who could have played Nina Simone. So, in the case of Dwayne The Rock Johnson playing John Henry, who John Henry was dark, I get the argument. Like, I, I get it. Isn't there a dark? There's, there's enough work to go around. So, and The Rock is just eating up all the roles and he's making all the money. Um, but yeah, then it, but it's if his production company is the one to finally broach it, 
then you would assume that he'll be the lead, right? Like, well, that's that's the problem because just because your production company is putting it together doesn't necessarily mean that you should star in it, especially if you're not like John Henry is dark and The Rock is pretty much racially ambiguous when you look at him. Um, like people he's can a say black man. Want. Like, like they, they didn't pull like someone out the out the woodwork. Yeah. But the thing is, is that, you know, he re- he doesn't really acknowledge that he's black. I mean, he kind of plays up the racial ambiguity role a lot more than he does talk about being a black man in America. Like, you've never really heard The Rock talk about black subjects or topics. You just really haven't. No, I've seen him, like, um, co-sign some shit, but never, like, put his actual words behind some. Yeah, so it's, 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 a, it's a tricky step for, for him to be playing this role. Like... He's a phenomenal actor, which is bizarre, because you would have never thought that the guy who was in The Nation of Domination would be the highest paid actor in Hollywood today. <laughs> uh, so it's like when you're doing like uh, biopics about real people, you kind of want to be as close as possible. Now, granted, Denzel Washington was darker than the real life Malcolm X, but it wasn't that much darker. The Rock and, and, and John Henry are like light years apart in, in shade. So... <laughs> It's it's a tough one, man. So it's like I, I completely understand why people would be upset about this. You know, it's just you know, like Idris Elba could have played John Henry, and people wouldn't have flinched because Idris Elba is a dark skinned black man. Yeah, so that's fair. It, it's a, it's when a I see challenge. Terry Crews, though, I'm like, y'all are really just pulling the first dark skinned black man. Like Terry Crews gets all the dark man parts. Well, that that's again, that's the issue. There are so many people. There's Wood Harris's. There is, I mean, there's a lot of dark skinned black men who probably could fit the role. So, my question, my my real question is, what's the process? Was there really a process, or did you say I want to adapt this the story about John Henry, and I'm just going to be the lead role because I said so, or was there a vetting process where you were like, well, who could fit this role? And if you didn't do that and just and if The Rock just jumped into that role, yeah, you're going to get criticism, and it's kind of deserved because you know what you're getting into. So I get it. I understand why people would be pissed off about this. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I understand getting close to who the character was because, once again, it's an established person. Like, the character you're writing about is an established look, uh, body type. Like, you're not going to have a super skinny, dark-skinned John Henry either. No. Right? Like, you, you got to match the character. So I, I understand. But then again, like, people are really wilding out. Like, The Rock isn't a black guy. Like, Rock, like... It's not necessarily like he plays a Samoan in everything outside of Moana. I mean, what does The Rock play in every movie that he's in? He plays whatever it is deemed. Like, I guess, what is, whatever character. But, he doesn't take many black roles. I, I don't know. I don't but, know if no, they're in black in those question. roles. Therein lies the question. Every film that The Rock has been in, he's never been identified as anything. He's just The Rock. Uh, he's just Yeah, he's The Rock with a kid and a white or Spanish woman. Like you go down the list of just about every from Be Cool to the Dooms to like fucking Scorpion. Like you go through every single movie that he's been in, they never acknowledge acknowledge what race he is. They never. It's just like, and that's why he gets these roles because he's truly a racially ambiguous person that can fit in just about every role. So the question is, why does he need to play this role? So that, that that's the real question. It's like, he can do anything. He's pretty much been in it. He's been in blockbuster movies. He's in shitty-ass Rampage. He's in Skyscraper. A bunch of ridiculous movies. But then he's phenomenal in, like, ballers. But he's not really black in ballers either. He's just a football player. Which, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that because that's how he's marketed and promoted himself over the years. But the fact of the matter is, is that when you're doing a film about a real-life individual, 
people are going to feel a certain kind of way when that real life individual is like multiple shades lighter. I mean, multiple shades darker than the person portraying him. Because ultimately, I saw but, Tom Cruise play a Chinese man in a movie once. And that was a fucking problem. <laughs> like, for me, for me, my historical context um, as a kid, when I saw Denzel Washington as Malcolm X, that was Malcolm X as a kid. Like, it wasn't until I got a little bit older and was doing a lot more reading that I was like, oh. But Denzel Washington was Malcolm X in my eyes. Yeah. So it's like the portrayal of somebody in real life. Like, I don't want Zoe Saldana to be Nina Simone because that completely takes away the hurdles that, that Nina Simone dealt with in her life is being a dark woman playing jazz music and, you know, moving overseas. It takes, like, when you see Zoe Saldana, it's like she didn't have any of those fucking hurdles, so why is she even playing this role? So the same could be said about The Rock and John Henry. It's like there's, there's something to identify with, and people that know this story are going to be offended by it. So and I get now it. Now that I looked into it, it's less, uh, it's, it's less historical, more Jumanji. If that makes sense. Like, no, it does. It's uh, the producer and director of Jumanji has also signed on and is going to fold in a bunch of, uh, they say mythical, but they're not mythical, uh, United States characters like Paul Bunyan and shit like that. Davy Crockett into the fold. And The Rock is going to happen to play John Henry in the mix of mythical characters next to these guys. Yeah, it's just, it's, again, it's, it's troubling because. So there's a history. He worked with The Rock. The Rock has worked with him. They've made a movie before, produced a movie. Yada, yada, yada. But yeah, I don't know why they were like, hey, you play it. But, um, I mean, The Rock is the biggest movie star in the world. So I guess if you want some traction, you get The Rock. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like he's not black at all. Like if you have to make the Hollywood black blockbuster, at least they chose someone who was black. I mean, it's it's a small straw to hold on to, but it's, like I understand, like The Rock is he's not like sixteenth black. Like his daddy could have played this role easily. Well, yeah, but that he's not his daddy. I mean, sure. like I mean, yeah, but I mean, his, his dad looked just like Paul. But, and and but like, let's also be clear John when Henry. I say like when I say biopic because John John Henry, for those who don't know, is like a this like folk hero and. He's the steel man. If you ever seen the big black man carrying the thing, like he was dark skin. Um, so it's like there's going to be an argument that says, well, you know, there's like, you know, Michael B. Jordan was a fucking human torch in the Fantastic Four. It's not really <laughs> the same thing. There's going to be people that say that because the white people were pissed when Michael B. Jordan was a human torch. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. They should have been pissed at the movie. Yeah, the movie was absolute trash. But they were mad that Michael B. Jordan had that role. Like, John Henry is something that's near and dear to black culture and yeah. literature and, and everything that we grew up with. Um, so when I say biopic, it's not like, you know, it's not like, the, the you know, uh, Ray Charles or anything like that. But it is something that's very um, integral to our to, to a lot of people's childhoods. Correct. Um, I, I just would say it, it's more uh, it's more cartoony, like Jumanji, than it is Django. If that makes sense. Like, it's not based in reality the movie it yeah. seems like i mean again i i get it it's just it's it's a little frustrating i, I can understand the frustration because there are like terry cruz yeah even though people be like man terry cruz, but yeah terry cruz could play this fucking role <laughs> um from one superhero to another kanye says the maga hat makes him feel 
like a like Superman. Man, it's fuck, like Trump what, gave man. him his cape. Oh my god, those are the direct quotes, Dre. And Bruh. people two weeks ago on my Twitter were saying, "What is your problem?" My Twitter was bombarded with people saying, "Kanye's changing. Can a man just defend his woman?" What's your problem? After we talked about it on this year podcast. Oh, leave him alone. He's going back to Chicago. He's doing good for his community. And I was like, he's pimping you. He's being what he thinks you want him to be. You're being sold a facade. And we're right back at it. Man, listen, I don't have time for Kanye West anymore. Like, <laughs> That's real, it. Like, he's canceled. It's, canceled. It's, it's a wrap. It's, 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 because it's come to the point where there are people who who vehemently defend Kanye West on social media. Like, somebody said to me the other day, because I said some shit about Kanye, and it was something, it was based, it's not like I just trash Kanye out of the blue. He does some dumb shit, I'll say something <laughs> about it. Yeah. So I, he did something, the SNL thing, he did that shit, I said something about it. Somebody was like, that's all you talk about is Kanye West. I was like, you fucking idiot, read my Twitter. And it was like, you never boost anybody up on your Twitter. Right before I posted that tweet, I was tweeting about how proud I was to see, how happy I was to see Little Brother back together for the first time in 10 years performing. Nobody retweeted that shit. But the moment <laughs> I said something about Kanye fucking his dumbass SNL speech, people were all upset. Listen, I, I don't have time for this dude anymore. I really don't because, like, it's, it's like a lot of things. Like, people have noticed that, well, people that follow me on social media have noticed that I've spoken less and less about certain things. Like, I don't tweet about Trump. I'm over it. Like, I can't. Like, what's the point? That's how I feel. Like, why am I tweeting about Trump? Because all it does is piss me off. That's the point where I'm at with Kanye West. I see him do some dumb shit. I read about it. For me to engage into a vitriolic Twitter war with a bunch of idiots who just support Kanye West because they feel like they enjoy his music, it's not for me. I don't have time for it. This White House visit is another one of those instances where I go, the fuck am I paying attention to this for? He's an idiot. And I know, like, this, people that listen to this podcast, man, like, man, you guys usually keep it clean with the language, but fuck Kanye West. That's on everything. <laughs> like, man, I don't have time for this dude. Like, between him and his idiot wife, and I, I feel bad for the fucking kids. Like, I don't know what these, these kids are going to do. North, south, east, and west, whatever the fuck you want to call them. What, what are they breeding? Like, I don't even... Oh, they're kidding. in a whole different world of beliefs Yo. and, and oh, that's going to be the real test. What happens when they're 18, 20? You know, and maybe, maybe they go the other way. Maybe, you know, like the, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree is not always true. Like sometimes the apple distances itself from the tree very quickly. So maybe that they realize like, yo, my mom's an idiot. My dad's an idiot. Like I need to carve my own path. And maybe they become better because of that. But Or maybe as, they're selling makeup. Yeah. Like as it stands right now, I can't with Kanye West. He's like this Yandi album is supposed to be coming out. Like I'm cool. Like, I, I just, I don't have I'm not time. even going to give it a spin. It's not even going to get a play for me. Like, me, I may have to because it's part you, of... You work, I, yes. Correct. But it's like, I just, I, for what? Like, him visiting the White House, praising Trump, like, and then abolishing the 13th Amendment? Shut the fuck up. Like, yo, I said it a long time ago, before all this Trump things happened. I said Kanye's not smart. I said he arbitrarily <laughs> said George Bush doesn't care about black people because he felt like it was the right thing to say. There was no substance behind what Kanye ever had to say. Go back and listen to every Kanye West album. Kanye's not a very smart guy. I can guarantee you that this guy doesn't read any books. I can guarantee you that. Like, historically, he has no context of nothing. His most, his most conscious songs were written by Rhymefest. If you look at crack music and, and some of his other more conscious efforts, but for the most part, 
Kanye doesn't really say anything in his raps. Like, he says very surface stuff. Like, ah, oh, don't kill that black man. That's offensive. Chicago's got a bunch of people killed. Look, man, you can go to Wikipedia and look that shit up. <laughs> that's, not, that's not being smart. Kanye's never been a smart man. And now it's coming to the forefront because he's doing a bunch of things that are against the culture. But I've said this for years that Kanye's not a smart man. I enjoyed his music back then. But I always said, dude's not smart. Dude is annoying as shit. Any man that wants to be around and says, I, I want to wear a Louis Vuitton backpack and be an underground rapper. And my favorite, when he said his favorite rapper was Mace, I was done. <laughs> for an individual, I was like, yo, for real? Like he said his favorite rapper was Mace. Mace. Come on, bro. And they like, dollar sign E. <laughs> I'm like, dog, you're around most deaf to live quality, commented. Like you're around these rappers and your favorite rapper is Mace. It says a lot about an individual based on the music they listen to and the culture that they absorb. And Kanye West is, that's who he is, man. Like he's, and then he said, like, I wasn't, I'm, the doctor misdiagnosed me as being bipolar. I was sleep deprived. Like, dog, you don't know shit. Like, people need to stop following celebrities in general, but this one in particular, he's got to go. But there's a, a celebrity as a figurehead. And then now other celebrities are using it to climb their platform. I think in his mind, he believes he can p- become president. I, mean, I, he I think does. he thinks he can get the rub here. You know, like, like the fascinating thing will be like 15 years from now when my daughter, you know, is is, is getting ready to graduate high school. How is the how are the history Jesus. books going to put into context the current era that we live in? It's going to be insane. Like celebrity driven, like Trump, a guy with no political experience became president. Like it's ridiculous. When I was in London, those people were like, yo, your country is fucked. <laughs> like, that's what they would just tell me walking down the street. Like, I can't, like, y'all carry guns for no reason. You got an idiot for a president. Like, why do you guys hate black people so much? Like, I was getting all these questions. Like, I was supposed to have the answers. But this is how people view us. So I wonder, in, like, 15 years' time, how, how are we going to look at ourselves? Like, this is, this is a moment in time. It's a damn shameful one at that. Well, it's not. I mean, in schools, it's not going to be as open as it should be. It's going to be, like, just hush no one speaks about this give you you know one or two pages in the history books and keep it moving nah not no no yeah not, trump, trump being president you think that's gonna be just a footnote in a, in a history book you out it, of your mind yeah i mean it if common sense prevails they're gonna try to sweep this whole era under the rug you, but you can't it's the most polarizing era probably in the last since the civil rights era i mean i have like one chapter on slavery in my book. Like, you had to go and like really slavery. get real books in slavery. Um, I but mean, that's slavery. I'm talking about the president of the United yeah, States. Yeah, just I'm just saying horribly embarrassing stuff to people who write these books and publishing companies. Uh, FYI, like white people. So, like anything overly embarrassing or uncomfortable, regardless, you know, of slavery. Uh, um, I mean, shit, prohibition wasn't uncomfortable. But even then, that got like a small thing. Like anything weird that they, it's just too crazy to touch on, they just skim through. Well, they're not skimming through this era. If Trump gets reelected, eight years of Trump will not be a footnote in nobody's history. You're still standing by that prediction, huh? Yeah. All right. Like, I mean, I, I mean on, it's no. not wrong. Like I'm just, I'm just, I'm just wondering when this is gonna gonna swing. But it's not swinging. No. Give me, give me a viable candidate on the left, and then I'll make an argument. Yeah, there has no, no one has to be material unless unless it's fucking Cory Booker, I'm good. Like I don't see anybody else stepping up. We are uh, on the clock too. I We've feel like the, the, the Royal Rumble clock is ticking. 
But so, dog, we've been on the clock since this man got elected. The, like the Democrats should have been running to figure out who's going to run opposite of Trump for uh, in two thousand. What the fuck is that? When does he get reelected? 20, I don't even care anymore. Yeah, twenty. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, twenty twenty. Like who's running running opposite of Trump? That's that's all that should have mattered at two thousand sixteen. They should have been like, all right, who's going to run opposite this fool? And clearly, it can't be Hillary. It couldn't be Hillary because they didn't like her. Um, so I would, you know, it'd be nice if Cory Booker ran, but that ain't happening. Like, who's it gonna be? I mean, I don't know. We, I mean, we'll talk about this another time. We got yeah, no, this shit's crazy. All right, from one madness to the other, UFC two twenty nine. We were there. We were together, watching the whole damn thing. You were uh, working feverishly mm-hmm. the entire night, but we took breaks to see the highlights, and you. I remember seeing you just pop up from the laptop and just go, holy shit. Like the, you watch the madness and stop tweeting of the brawls, the everything else. And then on Twitter afterwards, to me, you were one of the few people that tried to focus on the fight itself. <laughs> like, like, like so much other shit was going on. And I trust you, I was in the madness. Fuck the fight at that point. But you were trying to bring people back into the fight. And for that reason, we're not going to kick off with the fight itself. I want to talk about the crazy shit. Because, Dre, you couldn't pull us back in. We wanted the madness. This is why this pay-per-view is tracking to be one of the biggest ever. Yes, people bought it before. But guess what? The rematch is going to do 3 million pay-per-view buys because of the madness. This shit is crazy. And the, the I guess the trickle down from this pay-per-view is incredible, which we'll talk about. But let's start with... First off, first thing that comes to mind, Derek Lewis got hot balls. Right? Yeah, man. He was the highlight the of the night, so the bullshit happened. <laughs> Stole the show. Didn't matter that he got absolutely worked for 14 minutes. He landed the bomb, turned out the lights, took the KO victory, and cut what, the best post-fight promo in UFC history. That was a pretty epic promo. I mean, first of all, I said what I said last week about about Derek Lewis. People were like, ah, he's gonna lose. I was like, dog, if if Volca, if, he, if this guy decides to trade hands with him, he's going to sleep. And this dumbass wins. I mean, he's <laughs> up two and a half, two rounds, four minutes. He's up. Yo, and he <laughs> decides to trade punches with Derek Lewis. You gotta run as soon as he starts throwing haymakers. Get on Yo, your bike. The last thing to go for anybody that knows, no matter how old you get, no matter how deteriorated your skills are, the power is the last thing to go. And it, with Derek Lewis, like, why would you stand in front of that man? Like, it was very reminiscent of when Travis Brown hit Stephen Strew's big ass and it was like, Timber! Like, he went down <laughs> the same way. But you're more proud of Derek Lewis. He's dangerous in any facet of the fight. You could outclass him. Like, this is the second time he's done this. Like, I think... Who was the last one person he did it to? And I can't even think of it right now. But it was a, it was another third round knockout with like two minutes left in the fight, in a fight that was pr- closer than this fight. But man, like Ty get out of his way. Might have been Ty Burrow. Uh, yeah, he knocked him out. Um, damn, in the third round with two forty eight. So like, listen, so, man. Like, he goes guy- deep in fights, though. Like, and we'll talk about Derek Lewis's next fight in a minute. But a guy that's that dangerous, at a certain point, you got to decide, eh, I'm not going to engage with him. Like, I'm winning. So what, what, am I, what am I doing? Like, why would I put myself in harm's way? And I know some people be like, yo, that's cowardly. No, fuck that. I'm trying to win. So I'm going to distance myself. 
and use a jab and use my length, but I'm not going to stand in the pocket and throw combinations because he's coming for me. So stupid. That was dumb. He deserved what he got. Derek Lewis gave us an epic promo. Highlight of the night until the matches happened. Yes. And then, well, that's not true because then we get Tony Ferguson just outlasting, outlasting Showtime Anthony Pettis. Um, man, I, I thought that was a really good fight. I thought Pettis made a dumb move in going to the ground after he hurt, and it clearly hurt El Kakui. He went to the ground to try to ground a pound, ended up breaking his hand. And the fight changed. Make him stand back up. You now have the advantage. He's clearly rocked. Finish it on the feet. I, I didn't like that move by Anthony Pettis at all. And I think it turned the fight. And then, you know, he can't come back out because of the broken hand after the second round. The fight's even at that point. Um, if not 10-8 for Pettis. So he's going to get a draw at the worst. I, I it, It's a rough way to go out. Because I think he gets a draw at the worst. That's, that's probably a 10-8 round. No, that's not a 10-8 round. He almost finished though. No, that's not a Tenny Round. Tenny no. Round was Khabib and Connor. That wasn't a Tenny Round. That's fair. He almost finished though. Like yeah. I can argue the same point. He almost yeah. finished though. It's, it wasn't. It wasn't that one sided. Like it wasn't right. just one way traffic. So like, still, it was way, a tied fight. Yeah, gotcha. It was a close fight, and I mean Pettis made a good account for himself. Um, but it, you know, it's like I said before. It's like when a guy is is where Pettis is at, condition is going to be a problem, and Tony Ferguson is going to outlast you. Like, he's not a guy that goes out easily. He just doesn't stop coming. And that's kind of what he did. And if Pettis didn't break his hand, he probably was going to lose the third round and lose the fight. But the fact that, he, I mean, it's kind of like a silver lining. Like, he breaks his hand. He's going to be out for a minute. But he's going to get a big fight when he comes back. Um, no telling against who. You know, it's, it's going to be interesting now because the, the whole lightweight division is an absolute mess once again. So we'll, we'll see where all this stuff goes. But, uh... You know, Ferguson put himself right in position. Like, he deserves the next title fight. Like, that's it. Like, there's, fuck the rematch. Forget all that. Don't do that to Connor. Put Ferguson in there with Khabib. That's yeah. the, the only route the UFC should consider going. If Khabib decides to stick around because now he's threatening to quit if his teammate gets uh, fired. So, yeah, I, I think Dana's not going to fire him at this point. Like, I think he's, Khabib now has power. He got the run from McGregor and he has some power. Uh, man, so, if, is, you, if you want to break the all time pay per view record, uh, you need Connor and Khabib at some point, and Khabib can't walk. So Dana's gonna back down from. It. It's uh, the inmates are still running the asylum. Man. It's all about it's, the money, my man. All about the money. It's it's a good look, but I mean, you know, we'll, I mean, we'll talk we'll talk about it at length about the brawl in a minute. Um, yeah, there was um, also uh, Dominic Reyes with the which would seem like the walk off last minute one hitter quitter against Vince Saint Peru. But that shit was a I knockout. You, like how <laughs> they rob him with that knockout. I think the only issue is if Dominic Reyes would have landed that punch and then swarmed him, Mergliotta would have probably stopped the fight. The fact that he just kind of turned around, then that allowed the, the, the last the buzzer to sound, whatever. That's the Anderson Silva Michael Bisping. Yeah. Well, like, you don't jump on him. It just happens to not cost you the fight. Yeah. I mean, visually, it, it, you know, if you're jumping on a guy who's hurt, that's how you finish him off. But either way, I told you Reyes is the goods. The man is the goods. Yeah, and they need new, new life in that division. Because Cormier oh, yeah. is going to be on his way out. Uh, we'll talk about the immediate future of the division here in a little while, but they, they need a new breath of fresh air. Yeah, they definitely they definitely do, and Reyes is that guy. Hopefully they don't rush him, though. I mean, this was this was a huge step. He only has so many more steps up the ladder, but hopefully wow. they let him take those steps. Between him and Anthony Smith, who's got um, 
Ozdemir next? Okay. Yeah, Anthony Smith and Ozdemir next. Anthony Smith and, uh, and uh, Dominic Reyes are the future of the light heavyweight division. So, I mean, you got two guys who probably will compete for a title next year. That's not bad. Um, that's pretty much all of the fights on the undercard. We can talk about the actual fight in the main event before we get into the ruckus some more. Um, Khabib versus Connor. Khabib wins fourth round. Uh, submission. It wasn't even like a rear naked. It was a neck crank or a face crank or whatever. Um, it was like a face crusher. Yeah, like that's... It would look painful as hell. Um, but leading up to it, I, I might be in the minority. I thought this was a really good and competitive fight. Personally, I gave Connor round one. Because I am not... I'm never in favor of you land a takedown and just lay on someone and you win a round. T- to me, that's not winning. And I thought Connor was throwing strikes, elbows, palm strikes... Everything from his back. Khabib wasn't landing ground and pound in the first at all. And did no damage to Connor, who I thought landed all of the significant strikes, if there were significant, or the majority of the strikes in the first round. So I give the first round to Connor even off of his back. Second round, 10-8 to Khabib. Third round, clearly for Connor, even though he couldn't knock him out. He showed that he was more skilled on the hands. Um, even though Khabib did a great job slipping punches, like there were near misses. Just enough not to get knocked out by the left hand and let it graze the beard just so you can feel it but stay conscious. So that was great by Khabib. Um, defensively, he was a better fighter on his feet than I thought. Offensively, no. Nah. But defensively, yeah, I thought that was good. And then um, fourth round, obviously, was the finish. So, I mean, I, I had it a completely even fight heading into the fourth, which no one had taken a round from Khabib. I, I thought Connor took two. Yeah, I, I don't see how you gave the first round to Connor. I didn't um, think Khabib did any damage. He landed a takedown he, and laid there. He controlled the entire round. I understand control. I hate octagon control, too. No, so no, no. Just, this, like, this is not octagon control. This is control. Like, Connor did nothing. Connor was landing strikes from the bottom. Khabib wasn't throwing anything. He was advancing position from position to position, but to do nothing. But he, okay. I'm He's not going to argue with you about That's body that. weight, though, right? Like, I mean, this, every, is, this that, is something like, that people every, agree, every, on, agree with you on. Every judge, everybody there except for you gave the first round to Khabib. Yes, and I and I give my reasoning. I just yeah. don't like it. I understand what? that it's it's the way to judge it. I understand that that's consensus. On if someone takes him down and you're laying on someone, you're imposing your will upon them. Thus, you are winning. But that's GSP's laying prey. Like I, I I dislike that shit. In jujitsu, you can win and score points off your back as easily as you can in top control. The same shit should be considered in MMA. Some people can pull guard and bust your ass. So who's winning? If you try but, for but three subs Connor, and Connor guard. Didn't bust, Connor didn't bust ass. No, this but Khabib did nothing. But this is called mixed martial arts where takedowns are a scoring Correct, method. Correct, but if the guy on the bottom is still striking and hitting you and tearing you up with elbows. But it's not doing strike. anything. Like, he's not, like, done. But the guy he's on top is not doing anything. But no, 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 he's controlling the fight. Like, in wrestling, you can't hit anybody, so you control the fight. Khabib right. was controlling Connor. But this Look, mixed martial arts is not wrestling. You just told me that with Jiu-Jitsu. Yes, but mixed martial, but wrestling is a part of mixed martial arts. And so which is striking. Is why... If you just strike off your back, that's one hell of a point. But you're not doing anything. Like, you're, look, man, you're, you're, you're fighting off. Right? Like, he wasn't landing clean shots. He wasn't landing anything that stopped Khabib from doing what he did. No, but was Khabib landing anything? Khabib was controlled. Like, he controlled the action from beginning to end. Like, if Conor landed a significant strike, I could say, okay, you have an argument here. Like it wasn't it wasn't. Like you wanted him to cut him with a bow or something? Like if you would have cut him with an elbow, it would have made a difference. 
No, I want him to land something of significance. Open hand palm strikes are not anything of significance. Like, if you want to give a round to Nate Diaz off a of stock and slap, go for it. But the matter <laughs> is, Khabib did what he wanted to do in that round. I which understand. Is, but which is wear you, down Conor McGregor, yeah, which is a scoring method. Like, which is great game planning. But sometimes that is great for the longevity of it. That doesn't mean you win the round. That doesn't mean you win the round. Unless Conor did something to thwart what Khabib was doing, which he didn't. Well, he I thought his takedown down. defense was pretty good for a majority of that round. But, you don't, but he was taken down, was he not? He was, and the takedown counts. But then if you what, do nothing with the takedown, what the hell am I supposed to do? Was Khabib, was Khabib advancing position? He, yes. Yes. He was going from position to position. Was he setting up subs? No. And what was, was, what he, was, Conor, was he what trapping was Conor, an arm and hitting him in the face? No. Something Conor, he did later in the fight. Was Conor ever in an advantageous position in the first round? He was hitting him in the face, Dre. Answer the question. Was he in an advantageous position? No, he was in a defensive position and exactly. scoring from My such. point. He was in a defensive so position. So you can't score from a defensive entire... position. Look, if, if you're, you're if striking you're and your back is against the cage, you can't pick someone no, no, no. apart. Your back is on the floor. Like, Connor's back. On the was... floor against the cage or so what? You're defensive. You're still picking but someone you... the fuck apart. He wasn't picking them apart. Like, I think your definition of picking somebody apart is clearly wrong here because Khabib was dominant. Like, he wasn't dominant, like 10-8 dominant. But he did what he wanted to do. Connor couldn't stop him. So Connor didn't win that round. But let's move on. Because the next thing you said was Khabib wasn't that great offensively. He clocked Connor in the second round and sent oh, him tumbling to the canvas. That, that oh. was a great setup. Yeah, and in the third, I meant striking straight, straight up offensively. He wasn't that great, but he, he showed really good defensive tendencies in the third. You're right. In the second, the, the fake shoot, overhand right, that was Woodley-esque, right? Well, that's that, I mean, that's like an American top team staple as well. Right, like, like that, that's incredible. I mean, I don't see Cormier I mean, using can. it that much. Yeah, I don't see, like, Cormier using it that much. I mean, he can, but he's kind of went away from it. Like, to me, that was that was Hendo dropping the H-bomb. That was, man, that was Woodley. All of these great wrestlers. When um, Hendricks was on his rise. That was their go-to, right? These, yeah, I mean, these guys who had incredible wrestling, and Woodley does this shit all the time. Just rush you, duck the chin. You're not going to hit him. Throw the overhand right. It was perfectly timed, perfectly placed. And it was cool to see him use a, a striking setup that traditional wrestlers have always used to knock someone on their ass. And it worked. Yeah. And, and then we look at the third round because, yeah. Uh, and I mean, that was a 10-8 round, right? Because I, I yeah, think it was 10-8 round two, as well. Round two was a 10-8 yeah, round. He almost like, stopped. Steve, if that's not yeah. Connor. The ref stops that fight. Oh, fuck yeah. Because anybody else... Is, oh. Deser kind of deserved leeway because of what he's accomplished. Correct. But yeah, any and, other fighters... they're going to survive it. So, I mean, when we look at the third round, which Connor looked good in spots. Mm -hmm. But the funny... The, the scariest part about it is Connor was doing what he wanted to do and it didn't mean anything. Yeah. Like, he couldn't land anything of significance. Like, I thought Khabib was going to be at a distinct disadvantage at, on, on the stand-up. And he wasn't. And that's kind of scary. See, like, he uh, stood there and he talked shit to Conor after every single round because clearly Conor's laughing because he's gassed. And Khabib's like, I mean, I could, he could do this for another five rounds. Well, Khabib actually looked a little more tired than I've seen him in other fights as well. Um, but that's not to say that he was gassed, you know? It just, he was. He, he was in there for a fight. And I thought that showed in the third round. I don't, I don't want to say he gave the third round away. But I, I think he had to recover. I, I, I mean, think, I think he, I he, think I thought he, he wore himself at this point. No, I thought he wore himself out with that ground and pound. Because at a point, he stops ground and pounding and just stands up. And he's just like, man, fuck this. And he lets the round in. Like, I, yeah, I, I, I thought mean, it took a lot out of him. And then the third was, I'm recuperating. But he showed that, you know what? 
I'm tired. And, and this one thing he gauged really well. He's like, I'm tired, but I'm going to recover. He's tired, and he can't hit me with shit no more. So I can relax this round. I can be a little defensive. I don't got to shoot. I don't have to waste all my energy. And I got two more to put him away. And I thought he did enough to last. And Connor hit him with a few things. But to me, Connor, the entire fight was what I said he was in the first round defensive. Connor never imposed his will on Khabib. Khabib imposed his will on the entire fight. Connor had to figure out how to stop the takedowns, what to do on his back when he was down, and then when he was standing up, how not to be taken down. Connor yeah, never like imposed gonna... himself on Khabib at all. So Khabib like, was in no dude, danger. It's this, like, and then the fourth round, completely dominant Khabib, neck crank finish, then we have the yeah. brawl. But before we get into the brawl, first things first, I don't need an immediate rematch with this because there's two reasons. One, nothing's going to change. Um, not this quick. Yeah, I, not this quick. No, no, no. Not needs... this quick. Nothing's going to change. Uh. Two, you need, like, if you're a promoter, you need to protect your biggest investment. And Connor needs a winnable fight. Yeah, I think so too. He can't go, like, granted, the Floyd Mayweather fight was a boxing match. But you can't lose three fights in a row and be the same draw that you were. There's been a little bit of luster knocked off of Conor McGregor with this fight. Not a lot. <sighs> but the mainstream attraction that, that pushes to three, like, the Khabib fight rematch could be three million. But there's going to be a lot of people who are going to say, well, why? Like, why are we doing this? Because uh, I don't know. I, I think they will talk about the brawl, but I think the extracurriculars will, will set that stage. Once again, I, we're talking about the actual fight. A lot of people aren't. Yeah, but, uh, but that's the problem. People, when you, when you talk about the rematch, it's going to reel in some casuals. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like, this brawl reels in the casuals. But the hardcores might be like, man, fuck this. Because what you're kind of doing, and we'll talk about this with the brawl and how this fight was promoted and, and the, the inmates running the assignment, asylum, you're turning off hardcores. For all intents and purposes, like, people who have r rode with the UFC, and it's not, like, a big amount. It's not the amount that pushes you to 2 million people. No. It's but the 188,000 who bought the Woodley Till fight. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's that small, like, it's the small people. It's the guys like us who watch every fight and, like, for, you know, we write about it. But we love the sport. You're kind of turning them off because Connor can't be put in a position to lose again or you kind of wasted your investment. It's if not smart lose, business, right? In no, boxing, they don't do it. No, it's like you, I mean, you have to play it smart. Like, yeah. in Connor's case, because the fight was... Competitive from the standpoint that nobody's ever taken a round for Khabib. That was about as competitive as it gets. But that's yeah. about as competitive as Floyd Mayweather and Marcos Maidana. Right? <laughs> True. But th that's, therein lies my point. Well, like, Floyd Pacquiao. That, How about that? I don't want to just give him a straight Maidana. Like, at least no, Connor could be Pacquiao. I will give Maidana, and the reason why I say Maidana is this, because nobody expected Maidana to do what he did. Right, so when he does something, people are like, "Man, this this begs for a rematch." I've never seen Floyd deal with that. Yeah, but Floyd was never in danger of losing that fight. No. Khabib was never in danger of losing this fight. Mm -hmm. So if if you're the UFC, your best bet now is to do Conor and Nate. Like that's the only route you should even think about going. And I and think it, that's the that's the smart thing, right? Conor Nate three. Um, I said on the same card, but you know what? I, I want to see what Khabib draws alone. I don't. You don't. You like, like, <laughs> like, I, I, don't. I want to see. Like, can he get over a mil? Like, I do, but I don't. Like, like I think there's two ways to do this, right? Depending on the punishment that is, is levied towards Khabib, mm -hmm. you wait. I don't know if Conor needs more time because, I mean, let's let's be honest. Conor was outside the oct octagon for two years. Yeah. He needs to, like, there was there necessarily cage rust? 
I don't know, but he's fighting a different fight than what he's been used to over the past two years. And it takes a different level of preparation. And to train I'm, for Nate, it takes, once again, you got to bring in the big, long fighters. You got to do the cardio. You know, you got to do the biking. There was a yeah. lot of shit that went into him winning that Nate fight. So, so what I'm saying is, okay, you can wait to do Connor and Nate. I don't, I don't necessarily want to say you wait until summer, but... Uh, if Kavanaugh you, said um, he was on Joe Rogan, and he said they're aiming for St. Patrick's Day. Okay. Well, yeah. That's, that's not smart. bad. That's smart. Yeah, that's, that's not smart. Bad. But I, I wouldn't mind seeing Khabib and Ferguson on the same card. I wouldn't mind it. I was thinking um, that, but again, who one, who headlines? Khabib and Ferguson. Oh, see, now, now you're fucking with McGregor. Like, now that now you're getting dicey. So you're gonna pay uh, your co main thirty mil? Like well, what now now you're getting into some weird figures. I know. I know, I know. It, then, it, it, like, I, like, I know. Like, I, I completely <laughs> understand. Like, I yeah. understand this point. But you can't have the lightweight title as the co-main event. To I understand. Attraction. So, so, I guess maybe, in that sense, you, you truly can't put them on the same card. Yeah. You, Unless you, you bring in the 165-pound title. Right, no, but I'm not getting you started on this. No, <laughs> not, not, <laughs> not right now. But, uh, yeah. but I think... But Khabib and Ferguson is the fight to make. Conor and Nate's the fight to make. There's, there really is no other path for either of these guys. To what go. do you do if Khabib and Tony fall out again? Because that's, that's the other thing you need, right? You need insurance. What if? I mean, if Khabib and Tur- Tony were to fall out again, I mean, you just say, fuck it, and you just... <laughs> just no, like, <laughs> yeah, like, it, I, it might be cursed. I just, but I, I, my answer to that... Is that you know how they have these people just make weight just in case, um, and I, I think one no one to argue it's one of the deepest divisions you have in the UFC, right? So I mean, there's so many. I think you just bring someone else in. Alvarez isn't on the contract, but you're telling me if, if he resigned, then they wouldn't. You know, he wouldn't jump at that chance to just be the alternate. But he needs a fight, though. Like, I, I'm there. Here's the other issue with the UFC. You know what? Put Gaethje. Let Gaethje cut weight. Let Gaethje just Gaethje's stand there. He's not doing it. Gaethje's been very clear that he will never take a fight on short notice. Well, I mean, but if you give him advance notice, that you are yeah, the but, alternate. But but there, here's the here's the issue with that. Or could you just book him for a fight? No, because that's short notice. If you book him to fight well, someone else. Yeah, but here's also the issue with that. If you tell the guy go through an entire fucking training camp and mm-hmm. prepare for a fight that you're probably not going to get and we're barely going to pay you for it, yeah, who's going to? No, but even you know if you schedule him against someone else and he's leading up to fight them, that wouldn't be short notice, right? Or is it the the aspect of not being able to train for a Khabib? Yeah, like you Tony. want to game plan. Like, okay, dude, yeah, you're fighting yeah, gotcha. a guy who's never lost. Like, who's going to fight Floyd Mayweather on short notice? Yeah, no, that's true. I feel you. You know, especially if you if you have, like, credentials and you want people to still care about you or you go in there and just get washed. Like, Ally Akinta had nothing to lose that night. And it was really super short notice. But a guy like Gaethje, and you tell him, you might fight Khabib, you might fight Ferguson, you might not. Like, nobody's really, nobody really wants to go through a, a rigorous training camp for a possibility. So you Gaethje have Pettis next, how about that? I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm here for Gaethje Pettis because, I mean, it. look, man, the guy, the, the odd man out right now is Dustin Poirier. He's the, he's the one true guy. That injury hurts. Outside. Yeah, but yeah. that, I mean, Tony Ferguson was the odd man out because of the injury, right? Well, like, this was working him back into it, but he lost his belt. He lost his main event spot. Like, he lost a lot getting injured. Well, yeah, but I'm saying, like, the, the now that, that Conor and Khabib have fought, the picture is a little bit more clear, so it's obvious where these guys should go. There's really no path for Dustin now because he was supposed to fight Nate. He's already beat Justin Gaethje. He's already beat Eddie Alvarez. 
where does he go? He really yeah. has nowhere to go. No, I mean, Kevin Like, who's he going to fight? Kevin Lee's book for Ally Akanta. No, the winner of that, obviously. Yeah, um, but it's like, what does that do for Dustin Poirier? Like, if you're a guy I mean, who no, should that's, that's the only thing, though. I mean, yeah, it does nothing, but that's his only no. option. So the only the only real route to go is if Khabib faces a longer suspension, it would be Dustin Poirier versus Tony Ferguson. So, like, Poirier's already beat Anthony Pettis. Like, if you look at what Dustin Poirier has done in the lightweight division... He you wouldn't say Ferguson guy. versus Nate Diaz? Or are you still keeping Nate for Connor? Um... Yeah, I mean, I think Poirier Ferguson is more intriguing to me than uh, Ferguson and uh, Nate. Like, save Nate for Connor. And I don't think Nate's fighting anybody but Connor. That's true. At this point. Like, well, I didn't he, think so either. And then he ended up scheduled to fight Poirier. So what the fuck? Yeah, but he was hoodwinked into that shit. <laughs> like, he was bamboozled. And I don't, he's not falling for the same <laughs> trick twice. So he's, he's going to fight Connor. That's the only route he could go. Yeah, no, so it, it's crazy what this one card has done. Let's talk about some of these, like, trickle down. Things that came out of it. So, Can we um, talk about the brawl? Oh, shit. Yeah, the brawl itself. So, Khabib is an actual eagle. Yeah. And peeling back the problem. layers. Yeah, he did. He did. He went full demon Khabib. Uh, that's all I need. Where's Twitter where I need it? I need Khabib coming out to the demon entrance. Um, so, going through all the different angles and camera footage, I felt like I was back at, you know, Channel 8. I thought I was, you know, going through fucking crazy police video. It was incredible. But looking at all the things together, I think I've been able to piece together what happened that night. So, I've watched a lot of 90 spy television shows. Granted, most of them are kid shows. But I think I have the expertise in this area. Khabib stands over McGregor, a la Ali, after he wins, right? Shouting shit, McGregor starts no beef. Khabib then looks into the crowd at Dylan Dennis, talking shit that he tapped his boy. When Dylan, jujitsu guy, says, we got, we've been training, blah, blah, blah. Dylan Dennis then hurls a slur at Khabib, which people have said was regarded to his race. Called him like a, a dirty Muslim or some shit. Khabib throws the mouthpiece. Dennis says, let's go, bro. He jumps the cage, flies at him like an eagle with his talons. Damn near gets him. I don't know how he didn't clip him. Melee ensues. At the same time, Connor's trying to hop out of the cage to help his boy. Khabib's dude on the top of the cage is trying to help Khabib. Sees Connor's foot, slaps that shit down. Like Connor's trying to escape the cage in WWE. Like if you touch touch the ground, you win the match. Slaps Connor's leg down. After that, Connor punches dude in the head. His eagle feather cap comes off. He comes down, charges Connor around the way. Other dude sees this, sees Connor throws a punch. He runs, red shirt boy, hops into the octagon, two pieces Connor from behind. Connor lands the left on a formerly eagle headed dude. And then everything is broken up. Khabib's in the crowd, they're getting pulled apart. Melee done. That's what I saw, piecing together the film. What'd you see? Um, something similar. Look, the one thing that people were like, oh, Connor hit first. That, that didn't happen. You guys, you guys are wild. For the fact that you completely ignore that Khabib is already outside of the cage before any of this shit yeah. happens. And the guy like, clearly hits Connor's foot down, like from the yeah. cage. You touch me, I touch back. Well, more importantly, like, I just got in a fight and I just got submitted. And I look and I see the guy who just running after one of my teammates outside of the cage. Natural reaction is to say, the fuck is going on? I'm going to go check it out. Mm -hmm. So Connor ran to go check it out. When he runs to go check it out, 
Team Khabib is like fucking the Joker's henchmen climbing. Like, they're all <laughs> over the goddamn cage. Immediately, Connor's like in full defense mode at this at this point. Like, yeah. I don't think Connor came in there with the aim to hit anybody. Like, the fight in my, his mind was over. Now it's defensive. Now we see somebody while Khabib is attacking one of his people, and a full out melee comes out. Anybody watching the video, not my video because you couldn't necessarily see it. There's another video out there that shows a guy doing a flying crossbody off of the side of the apron into the crowd. Fucking. <laughs> It is like you have to see it. There's a guy doing a flying crossbody into the ground. <laughs> so if I'm Connor and I'm seeing this and I see a dude yelling at me while my boy's getting trying, Mike, you getting duffed out by the guy who just choked me out. Of course, I'm gonna defend myself. This isn't Connor's fault. Like Sean King, who I respect dearly, a fellow Morehouse guy like myself, was like, uh, you know, that's why Connor didn't press charges. Like, first of all, Sean, love you. Stay in your fucking lane. You don't know shit about MMA. Second, it's not what happened. Like I was there, we saw what happened. Yeah, that's it's not what happened. And he could have pressed charges. It just fucks up the bag. Connor's all about running it back. Well, yeah, and plus it's just like you know, Connor knows what his mouth got him into. Mm-hmm. Like Connor's fully aware of the ramifications, the things that he said, what could have turned out to be this way, and they used it in all the promotions. So there it is. But Khabib was totally wrong for what he did. Yeah. In, in terms of professionalism, he was wrong. He I know someone never- who's gone to every Connor fight, and they're like. And they go and they take their dad. Their dad's like in his 70s and it's their bonding moment. They go to every Conor fight, fans of Conor, win or lose. You know, they go, they have a good time, blah, blah, blah. He was like, yo, fights were breaking up on the upper deck. He's like, I can't bring my dad to these things anymore. No, it, He's like, that's, it, that's it, was, it was crazy. He's like, they, they gave everyone else in the arena a license to fight and to brawl. And he's like, I can't have my 70-year-old dad just around here almost getting punched in the face. And we saw oh, it. We were cool. walking to the media thing. The guy got slept in the hallway. Or Yo, in, the, was, in the main entrance fights, area. There were fights everywhere. So people like, were concentrating down there. No, when we say a brawl, this shit was a brawl on, on section 213, section 108, in the lobby, damn near in the bathrooms. Like fans, there, yes, there was a lot of fans that kept their cool. But no, there was a lot of people like, oh, you're with Connor, I'm with Khabib, let's get it. And they were throwing down. This shit was, it, it incited, incited a riot. And, and that's yeah. being underplayed. Because people weren't there. And the people who were there are just like, oh, 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 hold up. Like, come on. Like, we all saw this. It incited a riot. That shit felt like the malice at the palace. Like, you can't, yeah. like, everyone else not there is downplaying it. No, we were in the building. You didn't see old boy get slept. He was out. Yeah. There, yeah. I mean, there were people getting knocked out. There was a guy, like, getting hemmed up by the cops. Like, there were fights everywhere. Like, this. Press conference, like, the old girl it, it was putting the boots to another chick. They're. They're scrambling on the ground like that shit. It was anarchy. I mean, there was there was a fight at the weigh-in. Like that's what, was, yeah, wait, wait, yeah, this, yeah. This shit was bound to happen. So it sucks, but this was bound to happen. Now people are like, well, you know, the UFC is no scruples. Like Dana White will take no responsibility in his part in allowing this to happen by letting Conor McGregor. Like what I say, what did I say when Conor did the bus incident? Should have been punished then. Like this was going to happen the day that they didn't do anything to Conor. It was just like. Pfft, Whatever, we'll let the athletic commission handle it. No, you're the fucking UFC. You deal with this shit. Yeah. Like the the Dana White is very ridiculous when it comes to, eh, we're gonna let the commission handle it. Whose fucking promotion is it? It's your promotion. When it's your promotion, you hand out the suspensions, you strip the titles, you dole out the fines. That's your job. But he refused to do it with Connor. He because he's friends with a lot of these guys. Of course he is. And you can't be commissioner, commissioner and friend. Like, it, oh. like, it's a conflict of interest. 
speaking of, real quick, speaking of, only in MMA can a fighter shout out Brett Kavanaugh, which is what Nick Lynch did. That tells you how MAGA this shit is. <laughs> Yo, I forgot he did that shit. That's yeah, ridiculous. In the madness of all this, like, Yo, Nick Lentz knocked out Gray Maynard and shouted out Brett Kavanaugh. What? Like, so going back to all this, so Dana, he, he doesn't care. He has no scruples. He, like, he, he, there is no morality fiber. Like, he's used all this for most of the fight. Now when the, when the chickens come home to roost, he's all like, let the commission handle it. No, you fucked this up. Like, yes, you can, you can book a huge rematch with these two. But this isn't necessarily how you want your fight promoted. Like, you're, you're, you, this isn't what you want your events to be. This is not good. Malice at the Palace wasn't good for the NBA. It's a memorable moment, but it's a black eye. UFC 229 was, up until that point, a night of really good fights. For some reason, when Conor fights, everybody steps their game up. Like, the Aldo night was amazing. The, the night of Chad Mendez, all the fights on the other card was amazing. This fight, everything was amazing. But the only thing people are going to remember is the brawl. And that, that kind of sucks. It hurts Dominic Reyes. You know, I mean, fortunately, Derek Lewis and his hot balls kind of superseded a lot of things. But even Michelle Watterson had a great fight. They were all undermined by the madness that this brawl was. But it was all manufactured because the UFC allowed bullshit to go on too long. Like, Khabib keeps saying, don't play with my religion. Like, what do you think, <laughs> what do you think is going to happen at the rematch? Oh, the rematch is going to be just insanity. But if you don't punish Khabib's team now, or Khabib, and you didn't punish Conor or his team necessarily then, even though they had went through a legal process, Khabib doesn't even have to do that. He's not fake. Imagine, you think he can't be sued by Dylan Dennis? By the people in the front row taking cross bodies? By the dude knocked out in the lobby? They can all sue Khabib. None of that will come. So he gets a lesser slap or wrist than Connor did? It's, it's just so wild. So it, it's going to just escalate. And it's going to sell. But it's going to escalate. Like, I just... I'm. I'm a little concerned about, like, like again, I, I, the rematch is not the thing to do right now. And Khabib Connor investment. only suspended 10 days. Yeah, whatever. By the commission. Um, I mean, I just but, got alerts. Yeah, I mean, I don't care. Like, <laughs> like, like, they shouldn't book the rematch, but if they do, like, what do you think is going to happen in fight week? Do you think Khabib's not looking for Dylan Dennis? Do you think this fight might not get called off because he's too, like, destroyed? Like, somebody gets beat up before? Like They this can't let them in the same building. We thought this but, last time was a joke. There's going to be nothing but teleconferences. Like, it, it's become, like, and, and that's just not really want, what you, your event to be. Like, it's not, um, and I love Kevin Ali, but he compared this to Frazier Ali. It's not the same. It's not the same. The reason why it's not the same is that one man was very serious, and that was Khabib. Joe Frazier was mad at what Muhammad Ali was saying. But it, it, didn't, it, it was like disrespectful, but Muhammad Ali didn't talk about Joe Frazier's religion. Muhammad Ali didn't talk about a terrorist rat as his manager. Like, this was very personal. And Khabib, there's no, there's no bone in his body that was like, oh, this is good fun and games. Like, we saw at the press conference, Khabib was like, what the fuck? Basically, his whole thing was like, Conor nearly killed somebody in a fucking bus. Nothing happens. I jump out of the cage. You guys are all, why are we still talking about this? <laughs> yeah, like what? It just happened, my man. Like, what do you but, mean but, why are we still talking about it? But I get his point of view. It's like, man, like this is some unruly shit. Like what Connor did, like, Connor, like, let's not take, like, like there was the bus attack, but he, dis he ruined a card. 
with that attack. Kiesa got pulled off. Naman Yunus hasn't been the same since. Borg got pulled off the card. And all the only the only ramifications behind it was uh, Dana White saying it's the most disgusting act in the UFC history and the legal process. There's not even a so, legal process for this, though. So this is, this is exactly. less. Well, we don't know that yet because nobody's filed a lawsuit. Now, I guarantee you that Conor, he had to pay out the ass because people did sue him, like I said. But that was, like, it was out of competition. Like, there was so many things wrong with what Conor get, did, and they used it to promote the fight. So Khabib is completely confused. He's like, what the fuck? Like, am I not doing what was being done to promote the fight? Like, me jumping out of the cage, you should be happy. That's how Khabib's looking at this shit. Because you play with my religion, you play with my shit, and now when I finally fucking react, you're going to be mad at me? That, and even though it's wrong, they, dude, he's Dagestani, he's rushing, he don't understand, like, sense of humor goes completely by Khabib Nurmagomedov. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't care about jokes. Shit ain't funny. Somebody's <laughs> going to get hurt. That's all he thinks about. Dylan Dan is in the same vicinity, he's getting smoked. He might not live. Like, the shit is real for him. The UFC's got to be careful with that shit. But they won't. No, because it's too late for that. Like, at this point, it, it is past, and you just got to have self-control. And I'm not giving Khabib the pass. I, I just can't. Understand eye for eye shit. Understand cultures. So what? This is business. You're a professional. You know how many fucking gangbangers play football and basketball? They can't go and do that shit there. I, I'm not giving you a cultural pass. You you get no, no mulligans. I don't care. The eye for eye shit is, is a wrap. Like, no. You shouldn't. No, you shouldn't, yeah, but... like, you, you can't... I'm sorry, but you can't bring the thuggery into a 2.4 million pay-per-view buy fight. This isn't when, you know, the Diaz brothers had it out with your brother. And fucking, like, what was that? King of the K? Whatever the hell that promotion was. No, that was that World Series, World Series of Fighting. Fight. And I was there for that, too. Yeah, see, you're, all, you're the common denominator. You, you're there, the Khabib's beef. But this isn't that. Like, that platform would be swept under the rug. This is much bigger, a lot more eyes. So no, you can't you can't be a Dagestani hero and just come in like the caped eagle and just you know enact vengeance after your fight. No, that shit doesn't work. So it's incredible. It's gonna be a slap on the wrist. Rematch is gonna do three million pay per view buys, and it'll probably be some ruckus. Um, other things that happened off of this fight: Derek Lewis, a media rollout turnaround into UFC 230, gained 600. Thousand followers on Instagram after um, Joe Rogan shouted him out in the cage for having the best Instagram and for saying his balls are hot and landed an immediate, this as immediate as it gets, heavyweight title shot against Daniel Cormier to headline the New York card. Incredible. Yeah. Best night out of anyone. Connor could be yeah, made a lot of money. This is the best night. I mean, look, I, <laughs> I get it. I get why they did this. Um, but it, it's weird, man. It's like, you got to pay this man a lot of money to go out here and lose to, D, to DC. Now, the fucked up thing gotta is... got to be a million dollars, but listen, you know how many fights it takes him to get to a million dollars? Strike when the iron's hot. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not... I get why they did it, because there's a microcosm of uh, rationale here. It's like, oh, well, Derek Lewis, he beat Ngannou in his thinker, but he beat him, and he just knocked out uh, Alexander Volkov. And uh, Blades and Ngannou were booked. And we need something for DC to do because this whole idea of having Eubanks versus uh, Shevchenko headline the New York car is not a good idea. They probably also knew that Dustin Poirier was hurt. They had to move. So you got to strike while the iron's hot. Derek Lewis, hey, man, we know you're tired of shit. 
We know that you probably can't go five rounds, but here's a bunch of money. Go fight for the heavyweight title. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what they do. Now, here's the crazy thing. They also put a heavyweight title fight in Master Square Garden because Master Square Garden has a history of great heavyweight title fights. Ali Frazier won was at Master Square Garden. That makes sense. Also of note, there are now two black men in the main event of a heavyweight title fight in the UFC. I'm here for it. When have we had two black guys headline the heavyweight title fight in the UFC? Never. I mean, we had light heavyweight, right? Yeah. But then, I mean... The black-on-black fights are, are slim and few and far between. So, no, I'm, I'm like, just, I, I don't – that's crazy. I'm just here for it because I'm like, damn. Like, but when I really think it's, about it – It's not – like, we know the end game, right? Like, is Lewis really going to catch Cormier with the one in the quarter? Because if he does, that'd be amazing because that means Cormier probably not going to get the immediate rematch. He might just wait around for the John Jones thing. And Brock Lesnar versus the Black Beast becomes a huge pay-per-view. I mean, there's just so many – many things that could possibly happen out of all this and it's absolute madness so i get why they did it it's the much better idea than eubanks versus shevchenko granted eubanks is like you bitch like she went off on twitter and i don't blame her like like everybody like the usc's handled all of this wrong like taking joanna and jacek out of the title picture and then putting her back in it's all been dumb it's been dumb as hell well yeah now um, we get a better co-main though for ufc 231 joanna versus valentina yeah, and, and I mean, it's cool because it's it's back to it, but it shouldn't have gone through all of this, is my point. Like, Eubank Shevchenko should have never been booked to headline no, the card. No, but we're um, flying by the seat of our pants. No rhyme yeah. or reason. Cash rules everything around me. Please get Dana this T-shirt. We need that to be his entrance music. Like, Vince comes out to No Chance, we need Dana to come out to Cream every time because that's what the UFC is. It's all about the money. Yeah, it's all about the money. So I get why they did it. It's not the worst decision that could be made. I would have probably went a different route, but whatever. I'm glad that Derek Lewis is getting paid. That's all. Yeah, so we had that. And then the return of John Jones versus Alexander Gustafson at 232. Um, let's see if they make it. <laughs> like, that's that's the only thing, right? Like, I'm, I'm hyped. It's here in Vegas. I, I was already hyped for Cyborg versus Nunez, but let's see if all four of them make it. Yeah, I mean that's all. That's that's the story of the UFC, right? Well, like we've never had this issue in boxing. They don't book like Gennady Golovkin and Canelo, and then the drug test shit happened. We were like, oh my god, because it never happens. But you never hear like, oh man, a fight like we gotta worry about it. is Lomachenko gonna make it? It never happens. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty interesting how they've uh, how they've handled all this. But I mean, I, yeah, I'm excited about the fight. I think it's the fight to make. Um. Yeah. Let's see if John Jones can stay off the 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 cocaine. Uh, I, I highly doubt he stays off the cocaine. But just cheat the test better. That's yeah. it. I mean, there was coke in the last test. At this point, John Jones does coke. It's all right. Some people smoke weed. Let's just let him do coke, and just chalk it up to the game. Let's see the man fight. As long as you're not doing steroids, you're fine by me. If you're doing cocaine, just don't do it on fight night, my man. But blow your nose off post fight if you win. Outside of that, fight week, give, give me no cocaine. Just drink and do your usual I'm drunken ritual. Just just stay off the blow. So uh, that's the aftermath of the brawl, right? The, the brawl led to all of this craziness. So going forward, I mean, we, we didn't even get time to touch on a lot of the other stuff. So next week when we come back, I wanted to let the people know we're going to be recording on Wednesday. So this will be out on Wednesday afternoons, evenings, if you're on the East Coast. 
So we'll make sure we put it up Wednesday. So Wednesday night, you guys can sit with it. Thursday morning on your way to work, throughout work, Friday, a day earlier, it makes a difference. Um, if you guys are listening to this show, new logo came out, new images are in, which means wintertime merch is here. About to start making the shirts and the hoodies uh, for the Corner Podcast, and they're going to be really, really dope. So, merch game is uh, afoot, finally. Got those images ready and done. Um, next week when we come back, though, we have to talk New Japan next week. So we, we'll put it to the side this week because we're both busy as hell. Next week we'll have a longer show, more time. Uh, New Japan delivered in a huge way this week. A lot of swerves. we got to talk that. We were both hype. Um, we got to talk about stupid WWE down under card. <laughs> like, and these money grab cards. Like, nothing's going to change in the next week. So we can table this conversation, right? It's going to be more of the same. Shawn Michaels is bald. He's back. We got DX. End of story. Um, and if for some reason we both hit Mega Bucks. We can actually pay Vince McMahon and book our own shows. Yeah, that's pretty dope. That's like we're yeah we, we can book our own damn shows if we got enough money. This is what the world's that's coming pretty down much to. The, so, the only other thing is uh, the only one other thing is Terrence Crawford's fighting this weekend against Jose Benavides Jr. Everybody should watch this fight. Benavides is a pretty damn good fighter, and these two do not like each other. Oh, the um, heat, the real heat around this one. Like there's there's yeah. actual heat that these two aren't faking it. I was ex- I'm excited for the fight. Um, you have Crawford winning, though, right? Real quick. Of course. Of okay, course, I have Crawford course. winning. I don't think it's going to be a knockout, though. I'm going to go to decision. It, yeah, well, Mad Crawford's a different Crawford. And I, it's a Crawford that I like to see fight, but we'll see what happens. You always say that. But I think he has to be smarter. Benavides is a really good fighter. you got to be real smart in there. So I, I'm going by decision. Um, Dre's giving no pick and just waffling around the, the prediction. So that's, no, that's I think, fine. I think he's going to stop him. Okay, there you go. We get the... We get it. Um, so if you guys make sure you tune in, we don't know if it's on ESPN Plus or regular ESPN, but make sure you tune in to watch that fight this weekend. Well worth it. And yeah, a ton of stuff to talk about in boxing, pro wrestling when we come back. And I'm sure MMA is going to keep going with some craziness. We have Fedor versus Sonnen this weekend on the zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, no, it's, it's on Paramount. It's on regular TV. It's on a uh, Paramount. Oh, really? We're broadcasting. Yeah. Okay, dope. So get to watch that. There's going to be some. Some wildness there, I am sure. Listen, maybe Fedor is on his way to another title, something we never thought we'd see in 2018, 2019. So thank you guys for listening. Follow us on all social media platforms at The Corner LSN. Me at Kel Dansby. Him at Andreas Hale. Until next week, we're out. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.